This message was recorded live at Life Church Lancashire, a contemporary Christian church in the north of England. Learn more at lifelanks.org. Wisdom. We're going to get in our series, continue our series, Wisdom. This is part five, which would suggest we've had four before now, which is correct. And if you missed anyone, catch up on the um, podcast. It's always a great idea to get the podcasts because then you get a continuous of what God is saying, how God's speaking to us. The Bible gives us wisdom for life, the application of the Word of God as our direction, as our instructor is an incredible thing that can take us forward. We don't have to just flounder in life. We've got God who speaks to us continually through His Word, through circumstances, through other people, when we spend time in prayer with Him. But primarily, God speaks to us by His Word and anything, any other way He communicates never contradicts His Word. So we always come back to the Word of God. What we know about God, that knowledge, is something that we need to make an effort. We need to put something into that to get something out of it. Like anything else, if you want to acquire knowledge, there is work involved in that. You've got to apply yourself to that. And we heard about that a couple of weeks ago. It's important that we remember that. But on top of that, what happens is we get revelation. So it's not just information, it becomes revelation. And the wisdom of God revealed to us is something that absolutely comes alive. It's a revelation to us. We begin to see things the way we're supposed to see them. We see things the way God sees them. We get a better understanding of God's character. We get a better understanding of how God works, how God operates. And so from the Word of God and by revelation, that's where we get to. So we're going to read uh, some verses again from Proverbs, this time in chapter 3. Some uh, probably pretty well-known scriptures, these to, to some of you. But Proverbs chapter 3, and we'll, we'll start there on verse uh, 1. My child, never forget the things I have taught you. Store my commands in your heart. If you do this, you will live many years and your life will be satisfying. Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. Then you will find favor with both God and people and earn a good reputation. Here's the scripture, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you what path to take or which path to take. So wisdom looks like trust. Wisdom equals trust. We get an understanding that God is someone who can be trusted. And if you find someone who can be trusted, how foolish it would be not to put your trust in them. Now you may have placed your trust in different people at different times and perhaps been disappointed uh, and betrayed by them. But here's the thing with God, that will never happen. Because when we trust in God, that trust is not misplaced. When we trust in God, he does, not do, he does not abuse that trust. God does not manipulate us because we put our trust in. Actually, it opens up so much to us that God can speak into our lives and God re- can reveal great things in our lives, that God can give us direction, that God can give us leading, leadership. When we trust Him, then we can't possibly go wrong. 
Wisdom is trust equals trust. That's what it looks like. And when we, when we get to that point in God, when we totally rely upon Him, we don't rely on our own understanding. We don't have a default setting which says, well, I think God's saying this and I think God said that, but actually I, I probably need to work this out for myself. No, stay in trust, stay in faith, keep on trusting God, keep on leaning into God and leaning on God and you'll see that He will come through. Sometimes there may be delays, but God will always absolutely come through. Trust Him. Keep on trusting. He was a great illustration of that with our new building. In a matter of weeks, even days, we will walk into that uh, dream. That dream will become a reality. But the, the reality of that dream has been a lot of delays. The reality of that dream has been a lot of disappointments. The reality of that dream has been, been a lot of setbacks. Many people have said many things, but the only thing that really matters, that has ever really matters, is what God said. And God has told us to do it, so we stick with it. And you know, it's, it's, it's an absolute no-brainer. If God's spoken, we'll trust Him. If God has said something, that's what we're going to do. If God has promised, He will come through. If God has said, this is the way it's going to be, you better believe it, this is the way it's going to be. And so as we've trusted God and stuck with that and remained steadfast in that, God has come through just like He always will and always has. And if you've been a Christian for any length of time, you will have testimonies, stories, examples of where God has come through. You might be still hanging on there for that miracle. You might be still waiting for that breakthrough. You might be still wait, looking for that answer to prayer. But you can believe it. We can trust. We can put our complete trust in God that He will absolutely 100% come through because what God said, He does. What God has said will happen. He makes sure happens. It will be accomplished. It isn't, we have an amen to what God says, and God comes through and He does what He said He does. So, this is an example. And for all time, our new building will be a testimony that God is true to His word. How good is that? But here's the thing. We don't love buildings. We love Jesus and we love people. And that's what it's about. And because of that, these other things happen in God's timing. And maybe God's just always, well, God is always teaching us lessons. We don't enjoy that. I like the quick answers. You might like to wait a long time, but I like quick answers. I like instant responses, instant everything. But God comes through. It comes through. So it's a testimony to the goodness of God. But you know, bigger testimonies than a building are your lives. They're a phenomenal testimony to the goodness of God. They're a phenomenal testimony that God answers these words. They're a phenomenal testimony that God can be trusted. So if you've walked a journey and walked a path with God, as we heard last week about keeping our focus and following God's lead, if we do that, you will absolutely see that God will continue and continually keep on coming through for you. So we're going to be trusting God. Don't depend on your own understanding. Don't depend on the understanding of the age. Don't depend on contemporary 
culture or kind of what people think seems to be right. No, we keep going back to the Word of God because that's immovable, it's steadfast, it's to be trusted, and God can be trusted, He comes through. So we come back to the Word of God and we understand that if we seek His will and do what He says, in fact, align our lives with God's, we understand, when we understand what God's purpose is, and then we serve into that purpose, and we follow that purpose, we align our lives with God, not going in our own direction, but going in God's direction. When we do that, when we seek His will, when we do what He calls us to do, then He will give us everything else we need. Jesus echoed the wisdom of this scripture in Matthew six thirty-three when He said, Seek first the kingdom, and all these things will be given to you as well. Seek first the kingdom, that's God's stuff, that's what God's about, and his righteousness, which is right living, doing right before God, living the best we possibly can, not living lazy, not messing about, but living right before God. Seek first God's kingdom and God's righteousness, then all these things will be given to you as well. There's a promise, Old Testament and New Testament, that if we do the right thing, if we serve God, if we look for God first, if he remains our focus, if he's number one, then everything else we need will be added into our lives as well. What a promise. How foolhardy not to trust that and to take God at his word. It would be ridiculous. Figure it out for yourself. No, don't figure it out for yourself. Trust God because God comes through. It's marvelous. My life is a testimony to the fact that God comes through. I'm happy to say I'm proud of the fact that God keeps his word in my life. I mean, these scripture, uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 are really life scriptures for me, very much so. My maternal grandparents, who were were Christians, my my grandfather was a pastor, led a a church. He died died only at age 62 of cancer, but he loved God and served God the best he could. Here he was, my maternal grandfather, my maternal grandmother. Every Christmas and every birthday, they sent me a Christmas card, a birthday card, and that scripture was in the bottom. Proverbs 3, verse 6. So I'll never forget it. Seek first the kingdom and all his righteousness. And all the, it, it, that's Matthew 6, sorry. The, 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 prophet, the Proverbs 1. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lead on your own understanding. And get myself mixed up. And he will direct your paths as it, used to, as it says in the King James Version. So I had that scripture every, at least twice a year. 16th of November, if you're making a note, that's my birthday. <laughs> you know when Christmas is, or otherwise you are slightly confused. But I had that. Now, here's the thing. They were sowing something into my life at that time. They were prophesying into my life at that time. They were speaking good things into my life. Here I am, 50 years later, being an answer to that prayer. Very often, Christians hanging about waiting for an answer to prayer when we need to understand that while we're waiting, we could be an answer. Think about that. So we can be an answer to someone else's prayer. And I've found that as we serve God and serve people, that the things that are important to us, God takes care of. He totally does. He gives us direction. And it's such a cool idea to think that, that we could be answers to prayer. Yeah. 
I reckon that probably every day, every day of every week, you have an opportunity, I have an opportunity to be an answer to someone's prayer. Now, I don't mean that you're you know, a rich person and you can throw money around. or what. No, you can be a friend to somebody. You could, you could get alongside somebody. You could pray for somebody. You could encourage somebody. You could be an answer to a prayer. Lonely people in the world, lonely people in this community, we can be an answer to that. People who need encouragement, people who need a friend, people who need somebody to stand with them, people who need a, to be in a practical need. Because, you know, when you pray and say, God, I don't know what to do. I need some help. God generally answers prayers like that by people. It doesn't drop out of heaven, right? If you're in, in a need and, and, and some, some food arrives at your front door or you, you, something like that happens. You know, someone's had to have been to Sainsbury's, Tesco, Asda, Aldi, whatever. Someone has had to have gone there. Angels don't shop in Tesco. Well, not the one I go in anyway. Could be. But it has to be somebody who practically does that. And we're all the time in position to help other people. Like Kelly put it very well with the offering. Yeah, we, we want to grow so we can be a bigger help. Yeah, very good. But here's the thing. When we trust God, it comes through. And we can be part of the answer to other people's prayers. And I just love that. I want you to really kind of have a moment with that this week and think about that. Could I be an answer to someone's prayer? You might not know what their prayer is, but here's the thing. God will direct your paths. God will make your way straight. God will take you to that position where you can be an answer to that prayer. I absolutely Believe it. When we seek His will in all we do, He will guide and protect us. So keep on seeking His will. So important that we keep doing that. We can be the answer to someone else's prayer. Think about it. In the street Bible, or the word on the street, in this paraphrase, it puts those two verses, I think, really well. Base your confidence on God. Build your life on the girders God sets in place, not the flimsy scaffolding of your own ideas. I'll I'll read that bit again. Build your life on the girders God sets in place, not the flimsy scaffolding of your own ideas. In everything you take on, put God top of the list of credits, and He'll direct you. So God comes first, And he gets the credit. Always give credit where it's due. I mean, it's a good principle, isn't it, to thank people? It's a very good principle. But give credit where it's due. And understand that most of the credit, it's got to go there. It's got to go to him. It's got to go to him. You know, I've said it many times before. I am not a self-made man. That would be a mess. I am who I am by the grace of God. Credit where it's due. Got to be absolutely got to be credit where it's due. God is amazing. Absolutely amazing. God can be trusted. And when we trust Him, when we put Him first, great things begin to happen. I mean, get into the adventure. I spoke at a, at, at a wedding, Sally and James, a couple of weeks ago, and I talked a bit about their adventure in following God. And I think it is an adventure being a Christian. 
You, know, you, you guys have experienced things that you had never dreamed of. By revelation, by, by, by the goodness of God in your life, it's an adventure. You may have joined the adventure a little bit later in life. Don't worry about that. The Lord's in front of you. God can still do marvelous things. You think, I wish I'd been a Christian when I was a, a teenager or a child. Hey, don't ha- live with regrets. God will restore what you think you've lost. It'll come back to you for sure. There's a promise from God. God can be trusted. So when we put him first, it makes perfect sense. It's ridiculous not to trust him because he can be trusted. But we learn to trust him by experience, by keep putting our trust in him. It's not a passive thing. I'm trusting God. Well, yeah, we can rest in that, but we can be active, taking steps to serve him, follow his direction, follow his leadings. And in that, we can be confident and trust him that he'll never, ever let us down. A wise person trusts in God. Wisdom leads us to a point of trust. Wisdom takes us from a point of wondering about, keep the wonder, but wondering about doubts, fears, anxieties, to a place of trust. And by putting more trust in God, we can grasp this better keep putting trust in God and then dropping it and sorting it out yourself and, and then, you know, spiraling into some situation where you didn't want to be and would never plan to be there. No, keep trusting God. Keep trusting, keep trusting, keep trusting. Take not, nothing else away. Take this. Wisdom looks like trust. There it is in Proverbs chapter 3. And wisdom is security. It's kind of a bit like the same thing of trust and security. But I want you to think about a a perspective of security. What does security look like for you? When I said you are secure or I I want to be secure, what does that look like for you? Now, for most of us, it's probably to be security is in our relationships, is it is in our home, perhaps in our our job, uh, all all sorts of things like that. It's it's practical, isn't it? It's it's realist. It's practical. Your security is in those kind of things. But what we understand is none of those things are absolutely as secure as our who we are in God, and to understand who that we are, who we are in God. A wise person is secure. It, they are secure in who they are, and they are secure in what they believe. So we need some security in who we are. We need security in the fact that we are forgiven. So don't keep dragging up old stuff because God said you're forgiven. Don't insult Him by dragging old stuff up. He's told you once. Hear it? You're forgiven. Don't drag it up. Don't drag it up. You're forgiven. So we are secure in that we are forgiven. We are secure that we belong to God. We are secure that we are part of God's family. We're not second-class family members, second-class citizens of the kingdom. No, we're all 100% members of the kingdom of God, absolutely secure in that. I'm secure that in Christ, and we did a whole couple of series on that last year, Uh, or the year before, about being in Christ, how important that is, and to understand what that's all about. But we are secure in Him. I have got a secure future. Not because I've got a big pension or anything like that. Definitely not any of those kind of things. No, I'm secure because my eternity is secure in Him. So I'm I'm not wondering where I'm going to end up. One day I'll be with God forever. 
And I'm trusting in that, right? But that's my, my security. Because when I breathe my last breath, I'll be with him forever. That's cool. I'm secure in that. Is it right? Will, will he def, have, 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 have I done enough to get there? No, I've, I've been forgiven. So I'm on my way. I'm on my way. I'm just hanging about here for a while, but I'm on my way. That's my ultimate destination. So in Christ, I'm secure in that I'm forgiven, uh, that I'm a new creation, that I'm a child of the King, that I'm a person with an eternal future. On earth and in heaven, my future is looking rosy. Looking great. Looking great. Yeah, there'll be challenges on earth, but God will come through. Yeah, there'll be disappointments and heartaches. and Yeah, yeah, I, but my future's secure. I'm not looking for a perfect, trouble-free life because that doesn't exist on earth. So if you've been kidding yourself that one day all your troubles will be over on earth and you'll just... It, no, we'll have challenges because that's part of the making of our... That's part of the development of our character. That's because there's sin in the world. That's because there's, there's bad stuff happening. Yeah, all of that, we are subject to that as other people are. But in Christ, in our trust, our security is not in those things. Our security is completely and totally in Him. Look, like, look how uh, Solomon puts it later in that uh, scripture, verse 21. He says, don't lose sight of common sense and discernment. The problem with common sense is it do, sometimes it doesn't appear to all that it doesn't appear to be that common. Okay, so don't lose sight of common sense and discernment or wisdom. Hang on to them, for they will refresh your soul. That sounds good. When you've got the wisdom of God in your life, it refreshes your soul. It, it, it encourages you. They are like jewels on a necklace. They re, it really stands out. It sparkles. It it's genuine. It's valuable. They keep you safe on your way, and your feet will not stumble. You can go to bed without fear, and you will lie down and sleep soundly. There's a promise. When you put your head on that pillar, no fear required. You need not be afraid of sudden disaster or the destruction that comes upon the wicked, for the Lord is your security, for He will keep your foot from being caught in a trap. Now, you need to read these scriptures. I, we need to read these scriptures again and again because we need to receive the Word of God. You need to understand, we need to understand the Word of God. We need to receive it. We need to imbibe it. It needs to become part of us, who we are. We need to absolutely live, breathe, absolutely believe it, 100%, because we are not afraid of bad news. Psalm 112 talks about blessed is the man whose, whose trust is in the Lord. He has no fear of bad news because he is stead, his faith is steadfast trust in yeah. God. And we have to live like that, guys. Yeah, things can happen and we are anxious about things, but we're not going to live in fear because God's put us in a better position. If you're living in fear, you've been ripped off and it's not God that's ripped you off. You've been ripped yeah. off. Don't live in fear. We don't need to live there. Yes, you may become redundant or, 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 or anxious about a member of the family with a health issue or all sorts of things can happen because good things happen and bad things happen and bad things happen to, to good people and we understand that. But no, we're not in favor of those because we know no matter what happens, we're secure in God. We're secure in who we are. The wisdom of God tells us that we have security in Him and in a future hope because of what He's done for us. In Him 
our confidence is in God, in who we are and what we believe about God. There it is. I just think that scripture is so, so practical. But, you know, remember this. The Lord is your security. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? I don't know what security looks like for you, but the Lord is my security. The Lord is your security. He is our security. Let's live in that. It's going to be an absolute blessing. Don't pick up fear. We can pick up fears for different things. Psychologists tell us that most fears are learned. We're not born with them. Now, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not pretending to be a psychologist. And we learn fears. We learn fears like the football team might be relegated. That's a learned fear. That's a very real fear to me as a Sunderland supporter. But it's a learned fear. It's not something we're born with. But seriously, we pick up other more important and more dominating fears. Some people are terrified that they might get a sickness. Some people are terrified of losing a job. It's real, but we don't need to live, live there. You know, fear of fa- the fear of failure, the fear of rejection. These might be things that you've lived with, but don't need to live with them anymore. Because God will never reject you. God will never look upon you as a failure. Yes, we may fail at times, but God gives us another opportunity. You're a success in God. You're something better than that. You're not a failure. Don't live there in fear or in failure because God has got something better for you. Now, we know that. We know we don't need to live in fear. But, you know, sometimes we grab things. Things kind of cling on to us, or we allow things to cling on to us, rather than just trying to get rid of them as quickly as we can. They begin to dominate our lives, and we understand when we go in our minds to certain places how destructive that can be on our lives. We've got to be renewing our mind with the Word of God. We've got to be spending time with God so that we can understand that we can be clean to this kind of stuff and shake this stuff off. We've got nothing to worry about or be concerned about because our confidence is in God. We trust Him. He is our security. Wisdom says we are secure. You know, it goes on to say your foot will not get caught in a trap. It just teaches us about security. Wisdom means trust. Wisdom equals security. Finally, wisdom equals responsibility. Now, this is really important for Christians that we, I believe that we all, of course, me definitely included, we need to live responsible lives. Now, I, don't want, you to th- I want you to think about that because most of you, I guess, would think, well, we do. I, I, do, I am responsible. I'm responsible for myself. I'm responsible for our fa- the family and so on. But I, I believe that because God has revealed so much to us, we have a greater level of responsibility even than that. We have a responsibility to other people, not just the people in our close circle. And how wonderful it is, like today, when we hear three people you know, who, who, who give testimony of what God's done and how God's spoken to them. And these are people we wouldn't know if we weren't part of this family. But they're not just three people, they're us. 
the brothers and sisters or our family, uh, put, uh, put it any way you like, we're, we're flesh and blood. So we care about that. Yeah. And that's, that, that's fantastic. That's awesome. And we take on a responsibility. Now, responsibility is a bit countercultural in the world that we live because most people are responsible perhaps for their own actions, responsible for their own families. They kind of have, most people have a fairly small circle of which they are responsible for. There are, of course, many and great exceptions to that. But as Christians, we cannot live in a, a small world, just me and mine. We can't live in a small place where we're not really bothered about other people. We can't live in a world where you think, well, I don't care what people think. You flipping should do. Because what people think is what they think about God when they see Jesus in us. So it's important what people think even about us. Our reputation matters the church individually but ultimately his reputation that we represent absolutely matters so we need to live with a sense of responsibility responsible for others uh, responsible for ourselves and responsible for others the way the, the the writer of the proverb solomon puts it there in verse 27 he kind of he kind of puts it like this do not withhold good from those who deserve it, when it is in your power to help them. If you can help your neighbor now, don't say, come back tomorrow and then I'll help you. Now, that almost doesn't need any exposition or explanation because it's very, very clear. If we are in a position to help somebody, we ought to do that. If we're in a position to help, if someone is in need, if we can help them today, don't don't tell them, come back tomorrow, kind of, or I'll forget about it. No, help them when we can. So we need to be as responsive to help people as we possibly can. Now, that, that scripture in there which says, I, I don't want to, to brush over that, the, the bit that says, when it is, um, do not withhold good, good from those who deserve it. Now, that's quite an interesting sort of thing that he's, he's just kind of stuck in there. How does that work? people who deserve it. Well, here's the thing. We don't actually get to decide who's worthwhile or who's not worthwhile. We've got to live lives that are expansive, that, that are serving everybody and anybody. And yes, there are times when people have had help and help and help and not responding. It perhaps it means a little bit about that. But it's like about deciding who, you, who is your neighbor. Jesus said in the New Testament, well, everybody's your neighbor. So we find our opportunity to help anybody and everybody as we possibly can. Now, not tomorrow. Not put it off. Now we need to do it. So from Christians, from a church community point of view, that means that it's not just about us having a great time in a building. It's not just us having a great time in a nicer building and with more space and for more people. No, it's about actually trying to impact the community. It's actually about trying to make a difference in people's lives. And our purpose statement, part of that purpose statement says about impacting our neighbors. Who's our neighbor? Anybody and everybody we come in contact with. So we don't decide, we don't get to be selective. The people who God puts in our path, we need to be as big a blessing to those people as we possibly can. Some respond well, some not so well, some quite the opposite, but we still do all that we can to bless our neighbors. Yeah. Do good as, at every opportunity we can. We, that's our decision to make. As a band, as a band join, join us, I want us to think about those three things as we round it up. First of all, wisdom, 
trust, security. They are great things. Are you really trusting in God? Are you figuring it out for yourself? You know, some Christians going good, but then a challenge comes, not going so good. We can keep on going good even in the challenges. We absolutely can. We absolutely can. And we need to grow, mature to that point where we are there, even in the challenge. Trust God. Lean on to Him. Security. Yeah, I'm secure in who I am because of who He is and who I am because of Him. And I'm responsible. It's not just about me. It's about touching other people. It's about helping other people's lives. Discover more about us at lifelanks.org and stay inspired by subscribing to the podcast via iTunes. Thanks for listening.